I told you guys about my ski trip over spring break. The family drives out to Colorado, out to Dillon, and did some skiing. And it's about a 13-hour trip, probably a little bit more than that. And it was smooth sailing. Everything went uh, just great until uh, a crisis. My daughter said, Dad, Dad. And I'm like, what's going on? I mean, it sounded terrible. And she said, we have no cell coverage. Huh? There are parts of Kansas that don't have cell coverage. I don't know if you knew that. All right? And parts of northern Oklahoma, there's no cell coverage. And, 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 it, and it dawned on her. Uh, the crisis came before her as Netflix on her phone stopped working. And that's a serious and terrible thing when Netflix stops working in the middle of a 13-hour journey. And it led to a really wonderful conversation about the family road trip back in the day. For you, that may be back in the 50s, the 60s. For me, it is the 70s and the early 80s. Our family road trips back in the day, and in fact, from Missouri out to Colorado, we made that trip about every year because we loved Colorado in the winter. We loved Colorado in the summer. We loved Colorado. But back then, things were different. Things were a lot different. Cell phone, schmell phone. There were no cell phones. Watching movies on your phone. There were no movies to be watched in the car. There were no portable DVD players. There were no built-in DVD players. There were no DVDs, right? There were no CDs. There was no Sony Walkman back then. And so any music you would get would be on some scratchy AM channel that you might happen to get and take potluck on what music kind of music they're playing. Or the other musical option was, John Scott, the family Sing along. Yes, the family sing along. And I mentioned that, and Claudia just got quiet. Dread covered her face. You mean you guys would sing in the car? And I'm like, yes, we would. In fact, our family would grab a few hymnals from the church and take them with us so we could sing along. I mean, you got to do something for 13 hours, right? The family sing along, or you know, the old go to's alphabet bingo. Anybody ever play that? Alphabet bingo, you're oh, it's a terrible game. It's just, and then it's little, little brother, right? Uh, license plate bingo. Oh, there's, there's one from Colorado, there's a, there's a license plate from Vermont, you know, and you, you get excited about that. Or those glimmers of hope on the horizon, every once in a while, someone would spot the beautiful orange and aqua of a Howard Johnson's. Because remember Hojo's? If you don't, you didn't miss much, okay? Or Stuckies, right? Um, it was different back then, and, and, and Claudia was just like, oh, man, you know? That sounds terrible. And back in the back, for sustenance, we had a cooler with pimento cheese sandwiches and Spam. My dad always took Spam on those trips to Colorado. God bless him. We're not Hawaiian, Okay. Spam just tastes nasty, okay? Anyway. Oh, yeah, and I said, Claudia, I'm not even mentioning. The speed limit back then wasn't 75. It was 55. And my dad believed in following that to the letter of the law. So it wasn't a 13-hour trip. It was a 16-hour trip. We're not going to talk this morning as we continue the series, The Voice. We're not going to talk about cell coverage, but we are, or Jesus is going to lead us in a conversation in Luke chapter 8 about soul coverage. Have you ever been in one of those 
places in your life, season of life where you don't seem to sense the presence of God. You don't seem for a period of time to hear anything from the Lord. Even when you open the Word and read from the Bible, it's like He's, he's not really speaking to you. Have you ever been through one of those seasons of patchy soul coverage? I would say you're in pretty good company, right? In the Old Testament, there was a prophet named a prophet named Elijah. He had a time like that. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1, the Bible says, A long time passed. Then God's word came to Elijah. We know from the text it was like three years. And this guy's a prophet. I mean, that's what he does. He is a prophet of God years without hearing from the Lord. How about Job? You know, you can't talk about this without thinking about old Job who suffered mightily. So many horrible things happened to him. And he cried out about his patchy coverage. In Job chapter 30, verse 20, he said, I cry out to you, O God, but you do not answer. Maybe you've said those same words in your heart of hearts to the Lord. I cry out to you. You don't answer King David, who wrote this psalm, which was actually quoted by Jesus on the cross. This is from the message. David talked about his experiences. God, God, my God, why did you dump me miles from nowhere? Doubled up with pain, I call to God all day long. No answer. Nothing. I keep at it all night, tossing and turning. I don't know if it would be fair to call this good news. That doesn't really sound like good news, but I would say it is a bit of a relief or an encouragement, isn't it, to know that some of the greatest women and men of God, some of the greatest people of faith in history suffered from some patchy soul coverage now and again, suffered from this experience of not hearing the voice of God, of not feeling the presence of God, but they were people of faith. And faith keeps on going when it's not hearing Faith keeps on going when it's hard. That's what faithful people do. And so as they pass through these seasons of life, sometimes God wasn't speaking. Sometimes it was like trying to take a sip out of a fire hydrant. God was just pouring into them so much. But in all the seasons, the person of faith continues to go. And we're going to talk about this this week when God is silent and kind of in two parts. Next week, okay, we're going to talk about one part. So next week, we're going to talk about when God is silent and it has nothing to do with you. You didn't do anything wrong. It's nothing particularly that you did. God is just silent, and that happens, and we're going to talk about that next week. But this week, we're going to talk about those times when that patchy soul coverage is about me. The problem is in here. In fact, Jesus is going to lead us through this conversation by telling this famous story about the sower and the seed and the soils. Let's not forget about the soils today either. So here we go. You remember the story probably this farmer goes out to plant seed and it's not planting like I normally think about it in our garden. You know, dig a little hole, drop a little seed, a little fertilizer, a little water. It is what they call broadcast planting so he had a heavy bag of seed walked around his property and just slung these seeds all over the place not 
not a strategic bombing operation. This is saturation bombing. So some of the seed falls on this kind of soil, other on this kind of soil. You know, he's walking along this path, this kind of road. It's a path that is hard packed. He walks it. His animals walk it. His children walk it. His neighbors walk it. His servants walk it. So it is packed hard. And some of the seed falls there. Some of the seed lands on top of rocky soils. You know, when you're clearing out a field, you get those rocks and you put them somewhere. It's off over here on the side. Well, some of the seeds fell on this rocky soil. And then some of the seed fell right in the middle of these thorns and these weeds. And then finally he says, yeah, some of the seed fell on good soil. Soil that was ready. Soil that was responsive. Soil that was fertile. And those seeds, they turned into tiny little plants. And those plants grew and flourished and they produced a crop. You know, one seed, Jesus said, if it falls on the right kind of soil, can produce a crop a hundredfold. One tomato seed, a hundred tomatoes, right? One strawberry plant, a hundred strawberries or more, right? And so he tells us this story, and it's not the Messiah's blog post on better gardening. This is, a, this is teaching about us and our hearts and the Word of God. And the broadcasting here is not the broadcasting of seeds onto a field. It is the broadcasting of the good news into all different kinds of hearts. And according to Jesus, one of the reasons that I might be experiencing poor soul coverage. I'm not getting any bars, right? It may be desire or a lack of desire, right? He says this in verse 12, the seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds that fell on the path, on the road, they just lie there. They just become bird food, right? I mean, the sparrows and the crows and the ravens come and eat those poor little seeds up. The soul, it, or the soil, or the soul, for that matter, it has no longing to receive. It has no longing it hears, but it doesn't bring the words in. And don't get so consumed with this. The devil comes, right? Jesus is talking about the personal choice a person has made to not receive. Instead of receiving, they resist. And the word sometimes falls on these hearts. So yeah, it's easy for the devil to come and snatch that away. Because they haven't made space for the word. They won't receive the word. So the question here that I have to ask, the tough question is this. Do I really want to hear the Savior's voice? Is that something I desire? Or is my heart on mute? Think back to that idea of cell coverage. In this room, right now, there are cellular signals broadcast surrounding us right now, broadcast from AT&T and Verizon and T-Mobile and Sprint and everybody else. This room is full of those cellular signals, right? Now, you can't see them. You only know that they're here if you pull out your phone and you turn it on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, in the same way, God is speaking all the time. I mean, the Bible says he, spree he speaks through the stars at night. The heavens declare the glory of God. 
He's been speaking this morning. We've been reading the words of the Son of God. He's been speaking to us. But if your heart's not turned on, you may not even know it. You may not even sense it. It may seem like silence. I don't see anything. I don't notice anything. Jesus put it this way. And let's go to Revelation chapter 3. If you would read this with me, listen to what Jesus said. He said, be earnest. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And it all starts, folks, with be earnest. Jesus says, desire, be eager, want this, because I'm going to show up in your life. Are you going to open the door? Do you want me to come in? And maybe if I'm not hearing the Lord's voice, it's that. It's a lack of desire. Beyond desire, Jesus talks about depth or a lack of depth, doesn't he? He says this in verse 13. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message, receive it with joy, but they don't have deep roots. They believe for a while. Then they fall away when they face temptation. So here's the question, the tough question. Am I experiencing a dropped call? They've heard the call. They were excited about it. And then nothing. No growth, no forward movement. The relationship with the Lord never went to the next level. They dropped the call, right? And this happens to us. No follow-through. Precious souls who the Savior calls are out there. They accept it, but they don't move past that initial decision. Jesus says they, quote-unquote, fall away. And Jesus is telling us something very clear here. They fall away. He's not the one turning His back on us. He's not the one creating the distance. He's not the one choosing to move away. He says they fall away. They make a personal choice. They don't want to go deep with me. They don't want to grow as disciples. Now, there, there might, as he uses that word temptation there, there might be a sin issue that you really don't want to deal with. That could be the problem, right? It could be that you aren't hearing anything from God because he's told you what he wants you to do and he's told you, and he's told you over and over again, this is what I want for your marriage. This is what I want for your ministry. This is what I want for your life with me. He's told you over and over. He's been talking, 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 and nothing from you. Why, I ask you this, why would the Savior tell you something new when you won't even listen to what he's been telling you all along? Wouldn't you expect silence? Why would he move to B? Why would he move to number two, number three, number four of his plans in your life when you won't listen to number one, right? And so that may be the reason that silence. Now, let's be clear. It's not always that God's silence in your life is caused by some sin issue on your part. Um, but it could be, as he says. Temptation is what he talks about here. And finally, Jesus says, soul coverage, you may not be getting any bars because of distractions because of distractions. And it's interesting, if you listen to Jesus here, distractions, we're talking about bad distractions 
And we're talking about great distractions. Listen to this. He says, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares. That's bad. The bills, the worries, the diagnosis, the rebellious kids. Okay? The message is crowded out by the cares and the riches. Now we're talking. Could use some of those, right? The cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And so the tough question here is this. Am I letting my concerns crowd out the Savior's voice? Am I giving the Lord a busy signal? I just got too much going on, God. I mean, we've all got a lot of stuff going on. Agenda is too full. Too many responsibilities and the worries. What am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? And Jesus says, and that's just the bad stuff voice of God can be crowded out by the good stuff. Maybe you've got a lot of money. Maybe you've got a lot of pleasures and pursuits going on there. And I would say, hey, it is a blessing. Probably most of us here have some disposable income, and that's a blessing. And probably most of us here have time to go play around a golf or or go on a ski trip or do something like that, and that's a blessing. But we've said this before, when the good things become the God thing, it's not a blessing anymore. When the good things begin to crowd God out, they become a curse. They become distractions. They keep me from getting close to the Lord, from hearing His voice. And let's be clear here, I was made to be close to the Lord. He knew you before you were born. You are hardwired to walk in relationship with God. And when that relationship isn't there, but all the other stuff is there, that other stuff is not going to be whole. And that other stuff is not going to be holy, and it's really not going to be very happy either, right? We need to put the Lord in first place. So the parable, yeah, it's kind of a diagnostic tool for our soul coverage, isn't it? It's kind of like Jesus is walking us through, well, your problem may be this, or your problem may be that, or your problem may be this other thing. In the end, though, he's helping us ask these questions to see if maybe it's me. Maybe it's my fault that I'm not hearing from the Lord, that I'm not sensing closeness to the Lord. It's like the story of the pastor who went to visit old Wayne in the hospital. Wayne was at the end of his days. Everybody knew the end was very near. Walked into that hushed ICU room. There was some family there. There were some friends there. The hospital's kind of making some exceptions because the end was near. It was pretty crowded in there. They said a prayer over Wayne, and they talked quietly among themselves. When Wayne himself began to motion frantically to the pastor, that he, he was motioning for a pen and paper. And so the pastor got some paper and a pen and handed it to Wayne, and Wayne started writing. And I kid you not, the second... He stopped writing. He died. The pastor recognized this is a holy moment. I mean, these are the last words of this godly man. So he just, he took those words, he folded them up, he put them in his jacket, and he was going to save those. And then as he was preaching Wayne's funeral a few days later, he was preaching, 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 finishing up, and he said, okay, 
I have this note, haven't even looked at it, from Wayne in the same jacket I was wearing a few days back, pulled it out, opened it up, and he said, I'm sure Wayne has some inspiration, some wisdom to share with us this morning through his last words. Help, you're standing on my oxygen hose. Mmm. So I ask you this. If your relationship with the Lord has grown stale, if you're not hearing anything, maybe it's you. Maybe you have stepped on the oxygen hose of that relationship. And God, we know He longs to reach you. He longs to love you. He longs to bring you into His will. And maybe it's you. Maybe you're the reason. And so I ask you, is there something that you need to... Something you need to quit doing? Something you need to start doing? Something you need to get back to doing? Jesus says in this parable, it all comes back to the heart, doesn't he? And so the signal booster, it's got to start here with strengthening your heart. Jesus said this in verse 15, The seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word. They cling to it and patiently produce a good harvest. So maybe there is something you need to get rid of, turn loose of, or grab onto. And I would pray that if the Lord is speaking to you about something or some things in your life, in this area that you'll pay attention that it won't pass in one ear and out the other or maybe this morning and I love this passage from Ezekiel God speaks through Ezekiel maybe you feel like you need a new heart and the prophet said the word of the Lord is I long to give you a new heart to take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh a new heart, a new spirit. And maybe the step today is just to ask the Lord, God, I need a new heart. I am pretty messed up right now. The other thing is this, and we'll finish here. Maybe you need to cross that line of faith and immerse yourself in the love of God by becoming His child, by becoming a believer. Jesus died for you on the cross to save your soul and to give you a reason to live for right here right now and maybe you need to become his disciple this morning one of the beautiful images of this in the word of God is baptism Jesus it's literally baptism is a participation in the gospel Jesus died Jesus was buried Jesus was raised and in baptism you symbolically die to your old life. You are buried with Christ and you are raised to walk with Christ. Maybe that's the step you need to take today. One final thing, it could be that you just need some prayers. Maybe it's somebody sitting around you or somebody that you know that needs prayers. You just need to go put your arm around them and pray this morning or maybe you need to pray with me or one of our shepherds this morning. However you need to respond, do that as we stand together.